Hi, everyone. The Ian House Show is finally back, so thanks for joining me. Today, I talk with my good friend Joe Morgan, who's the sports reporter at The Daily Wire. We talk about Simone Biles, woke sports, and COVID-19 vaccines, so basically all that matters right now. If you enjoy the episode, please subscribe on my YouTube channel and follow me on social media. And if you have any questions, throw them down in the comments section. Joe is especially good at trolling through comments, so save your abuse for him. Enjoy the episode. Well, for the return of the in-house show, a couple of months where I've been a nomad with no studio, no camera, Joe Morgan, my friend from the Daily Wire, the sports reporter, I hope you're honored to be returning to the show, the, the re-release, I would say. I've been waiting for this moment since the second I arrived in this city. What an honor. You look better on camera than you do in person, my friend. We sit together basically all day at work and we hang out after work and now we decide we're going to record it just to have this... Um, cemented into the internet psyche. So I'm not sure how good an idea this is going to be, but I guess we'll find out. I want people to know the relationship. Um, you know, I think you and I understand how strong this has become, but if the internet doesn't know about it, is it real? I, the answer is no. Stronger than we could ever have imagined. That's correct. When, it's, but when you first walked into that room at the Daily Wire, I just thought, who's this douche? Yep. And then uh, I got to know that douche and he's, uh, there's something beneath the, the douchey exterior. I appreciate it. You, you gave me an opportunity. Um, I didn't like you just because of the posh attitude, you know, at first. Um, then I realized you're just a normal guy, just like everybody else. Oh, we're good. Just a normal English person. This is what mm -hmm. we like. This is our I love the Brits, dude. I, I'm a big fan of British people. You guys do a really nice job over there. <laughs> so you're the sports guy, as you're very, very proud of portraying yourself. Yes. And we thought we talked a lot today about Simone Biles and that whole... Uh, Shitstorm that's online of a lot of people sounding off about stuff that's um, probably beyond their level of understanding. And so yeah. we thought it'd be a good idea to chat about that and kind of just put out the only real good take on this that there is, because there have been a lot of crappy takes out there on, on Simone Biles. Yeah, you know, the whole, for, for those, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows about it at this point, right? But I mean, just a refresher, the fact that, you know, she, she had to bail from the team all around competition due to what we thought at the time looked like an injury. She had a very bad landing on a vault attempt. Um, and it turned out to, to be a mental issue for her. Um, she was quite candid about it. She came out in that press conference and just basically said, look, my mental is not there today. I didn't think it was one, a good idea for me to attempt to keep going because of what gymnastics is, especially at her level, at the height that she's getting on these vaults. And she thought it was dangerous for her. And two, she felt that it was best for her to drop out because she didn't think she'd be able to perform to the level necessary in order to get to a medal for her team. They eventually ended up getting a silver. She's now dropped out of the individual uh, all around, which is is it either it's tomorrow morning, right? It's like 5.45 in the morning or something like that. So she's out of that as well. And there's takes on two sides, as you know. The, the one side is you're a hero and a queen. Mm -hmm. And the other side is you are a coward and a quitter. And neither of them are correct. <laughs> and I don't understand. Well, I do understand. We live in a very polarizing world where nobody's able to stay down the middle. But you and I, I think for the most part, are on the middle when it comes to this situation. Well, especially like, let's break down both sides. So the go queen quitting is good thing. I saw a headline today. I can't remember exactly the wording, but it was like, basically her quitting was better than her winning. Like, no, that's not how sports works. The whole point is the winning. And so I think just setting aside what she did and what you think about it, you cannot celebrate the quitting aspect. That's not what sports is. That's not right. what 
competition is. So that's what I don't understand that side of things. Just to, do you think those people even like sports in the first place? That's my only conclusion is that it's for people who don't actually like sports. So the quitting aspect, the political aspect is all they care about. Well, I'll say this, the more I get into writing about sports in a political world, I'm not sure how much anybody likes sports or watches sports to begin with half the time with some of the comments I get. But um, it's just your problem. That's specifically that, you. That could I get, be my I get lovely comments. People are, yeah. people are wonderful. I guess I got to work on some of my, my diction. Um, I, no, I, I don't think the majority of people that are making those comments have one, either played sports in their life or two, watch it at any level, because that's not how it works. Um, the beauty of competition is the fact that there is always the opportunity to fail. And the majority of the time, you're actually going to fail. That's why winning is so sweet. That's why winning an NBA Finals or a World Series is delirium when, when that happens. So th that take um, about her quitting being a good thing is wild to me. And when you're the GOAT, you have to be able to fight through some of these situations. She wasn't able to do it. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. However, for me, it makes me, it does make me question some of the GOAT status while at the same time understanding that she is doing something that I'm not capable of. I've never been under the pressure that she was under being called the GOAT. And I absolutely have empathy for what she's going through. And I don't think she should be ripped in the slightest, mm -hmm. but that's not how this is going right now. It's a, you really have two sides that are completely polarized and they can't figure out that not everything needs to be in the extreme. Well, I think especially people are going to accuse us both of being hypocrites here, but we live in a world where people are paid to say things. Right. You and I are both effectively paid to say things. That's our job. Yep. And in that world, you don't always get necessarily paid more if you are correct or nuanced or empathetic. You get paid for stirring up a shitstorm or walking into the middle of a crowded room and just throwing down some pretty, pretty crazy shit. Right. And so I think Simone Biles is just another example of that where people aren't really treating her like a person. It's more, how can I use this to be as outrageous as possible just to get attention? So like the, she's not patriotic stuff. She's not a team player. It's like, yeah, quitting mid-event isn't, isn't great. And I don't think either, either of us are going to be celebrating the quitting mid-event part. But to say someone like that hates America as a sociopath or any of these things, it's just right. like, well, by what definition? Like, what do words mean at that point? If you're just throwing out accusations, it's crazy to me. It... It doesn't look, I, I, it really doesn't. And I, I remember people, I, I can remember this was today or yesterday. Um, <laughs> kind of a memory you got that. Oh, man, this kid's sharp. Uh, the conversations that I've had, everybody expected me to be outraged mm -hmm. and be like, I can't believe she did this to us. Look, I, I played sports my entire life. I played baseball in college. No way am I close to this level. But there is an understanding for people that have played sports as, as you have that, there is a, a mental aspect of sports that is very difficult, that is very challenging. And if you do lose that mental part of it, whatever it may be, the physical doesn't really matter as much anymore. Um, it's so tied in, the mental is so tied into what you can do physically. This is very similar to what you see with baseball players who get the yips. The yips is when you literally can't feel the baseball, you can't throw a baseball. I happen to experience once in my life is the most terrifying thing I've ever gone through in my life. You The fear, mm -hmm. you don't understand what's going on. And from what she was saying, um, I'm not a gymnast expert. I will freely admit that she had something called the twisties where you're in the middle of the air where God knows how high up that woman is. Cause she's an Too absolute high. freak. Athlete. It's crazy. And she didn't know where she was. There was no spatial awareness and you could see it. You and I mm -hmm. were watching some of yeah. that last night, her eyes, there was almost a fear in her. Yeah. It's like waking um, up mid fall. 
Correct. Right. It's a, per, a very good uh, example. She, she didn't know what was going on. And, and for her, I'm sure that was deeply frightening. And she, I, there's no way she's ever experienced that mm-hmm. before for an athlete of that caliber to go through that. And I, I think we're glossing over the fact that maybe what she did in, in, in quitting uh, was good for the team. They still won the silver mm-hmm. medal. I don't know if, so if she continued on the trajectory that she was on and, and greatly struggling, I don't know if they would have meddled. I know we don't want to talk about that. Well, I don't know why we don't want to talk about it, but maybe she ended up doing a good thing. I don't know. I, I, I don't know, but I, I don't think there's any reason to pile on this woman. And there's also no reason to claim her to be a hero. Yeah. Yeah, the piling on stuff is strange because it seems to kind of separate her from her own humanity and her own desire to survive. I mean, some of the stuff she's doing is so insanely dangerous. If I attempted anything near that, I would die. Like, I would die just thinking about it. Like, some of those flips are terrifying. Mm -hmm. I would land on my head, land on my face. I would be snapped in two. It would be hilarious for everyone else but me. I'd have a good kick out of it. Yeah, I mean, you'd be there giggling away as I was dragged away to hospital, but it's just... (laughs) If she messed up something mid-fall, I mean, we both, as you said, watched that video, the sudden realization of not having control of her body mid-spin, how far she moves, how high she is. We're very, very fragile. It doesn't really matter how good a shape you are. You land on the wrong part of you, you're done. Like you land on your neck, you are done. And I think just people not wanting to respect someone else's right to not break their neck on live television is kind of a strange thing to me. It is odd. Uh, You'd think we'd have a little more understanding for that. I I think we're in this very strange place now when it comes to athletes, unfortunately, especially professional athletes and Olympians, where conservatives, we are outright rooting for them to not succeed. Not necessarily to lose, but I I think there's a difference between not succeeding and losing. And when I say not succeeding, I mean like doing something stupid, giving us the opportunity to pile on you And this isn't the opportunity, but because conservatives, and I'm part of this, by the way, are so blinded by their hatred for, and a lot of times rightfully so, for the disrespect to the national anthem or the disrespect to the flag, Mm -hmm. that we just want to jump at every opportunity to say, see, this is what happens. If you loved America, you know, you wouldn't have gotten the zoomies or whatever the heck we call it when you're in midair. It's a very bad take. Um, and I really hope that in the coming days, people start realizing that it's a bad take. I've seen many of them. There are some that, that are at least nuanced where it's like, this is bad because she quit and she didn't realize her dreams, but at the same time, she's a human being and I can understand it. Mm -hmm. And then, then there's the ones that say, you're a quitter, you're a coward, you should have fought through this no matter what, like we can be in her position. And those are the ones I'll never agree with. Well, there's also a mental difference in sport between being under pressure and being physically unable due to whatever that mental condition is deep down, being able to perform on a basic level. Because we've all been in, it doesn't really matter what level of sports you play at, whether it's as a five-year-old or at the elite level, like her or some other players who are always in the news. There's pressure in that game that part of being an elite athlete is handling that pressure. But once I read just a little bit about this, it's, it's not just pressure. You can't just snap out of it. It's like your inability to guide yourself through the air. You can't just say, oh, I'm not going to do this now. It's like, stop being right. depressed. It's like that. It's, you just can't instruct your body not to. And I think it's just, again, the lack of empathy. And as you said, conservatives with such a hunger to jump on something to make a quick almost a quick win. It's like we've forgotten what the sport is. Sport is now the secondary thing that's going on. The primary right. thing is just the just the political layer we can apply to it. And if it happens to be sports, then great. Well, 
I mean, I could talk about that all day, uh, obviously from a sports reporter perspective, I, I don't know what has happened um, in the world of sports because a handful of, and if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, mm -hmm. I get ripped all the time for saying this. It is a handful, by the way, you could say it's 200. Do you know the amount of athletes that are running out there? That's a handful. It's a handful of people that are doing things that you don't like. And you have decided because of that, you are going to turn your back on the games, which is your decision. I always hear this. It's my free. You're right. It's your free will. It doesn't mean I can't say it's not stupid. And we've taken it now so far that we want these athletes to not succeed. And I think it's frustrating, especially at the Olympic level. Look, if you don't like the NFL, if you don't like the NBA, whatever, man, mm -hmm. I get it. They're annoying as hell. I had to sit there and I, I, nobody loves the NBA more than me. I had to sit the Orlando bubble last year and every commercial was about Black Lives Matter and everything was about social justice and how whitey me as I'm sitting here watching this, you know, trying just to awkwardly eat. in the corner, just like, you know, sorry, am I everyone. supposed to be here? I don't know. <laughs> you know, as I'm having a cup of noodles and trying to get through the day and not hungry, like I, I was having to go through this, but at the same time, like I worked through it, it was fine, but that was my choice. But when it comes to the Olympics, I don't understand how we can, because of a handful of athletes, completely turn our backs on the majority of these athletes who are there, not for, not for fame, not for fortune. They are strictly there by definition of being Olympian for your country. And I, I did write about that. I don't know. I, these days are starting to blur together, but it was last week where it's like, you shouldn't let a couple of, of mm -hmm. people that you disagree with ruin your experience. And I think this Simone Biles situation kind of highlighted how we are right now when it comes to sports where you just take an opportunity on by the way a young woman I, mm -hmm. I, I we never want to talk about this is a 24 year old girl um this is not lebron james you want to tee off on lebron james tee the hell off man he's in a lot of dumb stuff he is a billionaire and he can hey he's a big boy she's still growing as, as a person as an individual and um i don't know i i, I kind of view it the same way as the naomi osaka situation mm -hmm. where i wanted people to back off of her as well and then there's obviously the bigger deeper conversation about mental health where i do think there actually is some good that comes from this as somebody who's gotten through some tough times where right? i'm not going to dive into it but sometimes i actually sometimes i like hearing people talk about mm -hmm. some of their some of their mental health issues i think it does do some good but even though we gloss over that i agree i mean especially mental health just generally as a society the fact that for so long it's been one of these just taboo subjects that we just don't accept is a topic we can ever discuss and to use a platform like that for some good i think it's just a matter of deciding when and where it's appropriate and when it's just for attention i think that also happens too there are definitely people out there who use mental health as an excuse and there are people who use it as a valid excuse but i think the interesting thing for me i think coming from somewhere like the uk where there is that division between domestic and international yeah. sport I think that's the big difference in America. I think that's why people are, on the political level are struggling when it comes to something like the Olympics, because the idea of a difference between domestic sport and international sport isn't really as much of a thing. Like most American sports are domestic only. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, other places play baseball, but it's not like you have regular international games between American teams and non-American teams. So you don't have this separation. All sport is the same. You don't have this difference between supporting something because it's your country it doesn't really matter whether it's curling gymnastics swimming whatever or just liking it because you like the sport or the team itself i think that's something people lose sight of is the olympics is about really patriotism more than yes. anything else and people are forgetting that aspect and instead just trying to apply the more domestic level political angle to it very cynically and kind of missing 
missing the wood for the trees in a lot of the ways because silver medal is still pretty great when you have your best athlete drop out and you still get silver. That's kind of epic. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a conversation I've wanted to have, I've wanted to have for a while, um, and it's much. I think it's just come to the forefront now with the Olympics, right? In that we're allowing individuals that we disagree with to take away things that we love, and sports is pretty damn American. Mm-hmm. Like I know, you know, the UK loves sports. I'm not saying they don't. They don't love it like Americans do. I mean, I was in London. I couldn't get a freaking game, but soccer on the TV anywhere I went. I was losing my mind. France, I feel like to take something away that's so American because a couple of people you disagree with, I think is pretty wild to me. It's almost like a masochistic or sadistic thing in a way of wanting it to be taken away. I think there's almost a weird delight that people have in having something spoiled by politics they hate. People are almost more, this goes beyond sports. This is in a lot of uh, other parts of life where people are almost strangely gratified by the fact that something is becoming woke and therefore it becomes something they hate that they used to love same with movies same with music it's it's like a weird line you've got to find because there are things we should call out but there are also things that are just traps for conservatives that are being placed out there and you don't want to jump for every single one because it's like every time like a rapper releases something that's obviously controversial just to get attention and everyone jumps on top of it Right. You've got to find that balance. And I think sports is no different. And it's weird that people shoot themselves in the foot, turning something off that brings them a lot of joy just for that short-term virtue feeling. Well, what I also find, man, you can really, there's layers, right? Like we decide to call everything woke. Mm-hmm. Not everything's woke. Okay. Now turning your back to the flag, um, kneeling during the national anthem bottom, you want to call that woke. That's fine. However, like, not everything that happens in sports is, is like wildly woke. I just happen to disagree with it. Like, yeah, the NBA stuff drove me crazy. However, however, the league's 95% black. They felt a certain way the NBA did. Okay, that's just the way that they were. I didn't like the kneeling, but some of the thoughts that they had, they were like, we want criminal justice reform. Is that woke? I, I don't know. It's just an idea to me. This is something that they want to have changed. So just because somebody has knelt for the flag in the past doesn't mean that everything that comes out of their mouth from that point forward happens to be wildly woke. You can just disagree with it. And that's something that's bothered me for a while now. Is that anything you disagree with, you just say, that's the left. That's a bunch of woke idiots. Well, that's not the case. You just don't have the same, you don't look at the same things the same way. You don't share the same values. And I, I just think by saying everything is woke, one, we're giving, it's a cop out for an argument, 100%. And two, I just think that massive division. And maybe I'm coming across as one of these guys who wants everything to be utopia, hunky-dory or whatever. But I just don't think that, I think that when you say something is woke, the argument is over. And if you're not having arguments and conversations, then none of this is ever going to get better. And I think conservatives are guilty of that, unfortunately, in the same way that the lefties are wildly guilty whenever, when, you know, when we say something, they call us a racist out of of the blue. I actually think they're somewhat similar. Well, I think especially something I try and do on this level is always try and determine whether there's good intent or bad intent. And I think whether you're calling someone racist, calling someone woke without even thinking that is lacking that first step. You are assuming bad intent without really making any effort to understand the argument. And I think there are a lot of people who are just blindly woke I think someone like Megan Rapinoe is one of those people, for example. Yeah. Everything she does is through a lens of either narcissism or wokeness, whatever that means. 
But then there are also, I know, some basketball players you've written about who have thought about these issues a little more deeply and then they get wrapped up into the wokeness, which is probably frustrating for them too because they look around, they probably see a lot of the stuff that's happening on their political side of the aisle, if that is such a thing. They're frustrated by it too and really lack of communication, lack of discussion is why we will never make progress on both sides because the whole point of discussion is to convince the other person that your point of view is right. If you're just basically telling someone to F themselves every time they disagree with you, you're never actually going to convince someone. I think we're seeing this with vaccines right now with Joe Biden saying everyone who isn't vaccinated is basically a dumbass. Like, yeah. I don't know the last time I was convinced of doing something by being called a dumbass. It's not the right. best strategy I've ever heard of. I don't know if that's worked for you, but certainly not for me. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, look, generally speaking, I will go the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I-, I will tell you to go screw yourself if you call me a dumbass. I'm like, okay, well, you think I'm stupid? Go to hell. I- I'm not going to do what you tell. This is why the whole vaccine thing, I know that we're, we're verging out of the regular waters here that we we're talking about, but it's, it makes sense if you're screaming and yelling at me to do something and calling me an idiot for not doing it, because all I'm trying to do is understand it. And this applies yeah. to the initial conversation. Um, you're just going to turn me off to it. And quite frankly, I'm going to want to not do it just to piss you off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm assuming a lot of people are like that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you made a good point about some of the basketball players I, I used to, I guess, work with or however you want to put it, interview not all of them are the same. They're individual mm-hmm. people that have individual thoughts. Now, maybe they are not exactly as right-wing as you, or they don't have the same conservative thoughts, but as my main man, Dennis Prager, has said on many occasions, there's a massive difference between liberals and leftists. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot more liberals in this world than we actually want to think. I think we kind of clump everybody together as these left woke monsters when in reality they're just people that kind of want maybe want they're not too crazy or they're they're crazy about higher taxes they don't think it's that big of a deal or there's certain social issues that maybe you know they they align themselves with the conservatives known but are actually not quite as far as you apart as you'd like to think and i think that applies to a lot of sports um i i did want to ask you something just to get back onto the simone biles thing real quick because i've been thinking about it all day um the reaction to Simone Biles being a queen or a hero or whatever it may be is to me has sparked a larger thought in that I think it is, I don't know if exposed, yeah, I think exposed is the word. There is a huge difference between female athletics and male athletics. Because we have now seen this with her, Naomi Osaka. There's another Olympian who's a woman who's talked about her mental health and they've all been lauded and praised. If a man did that, and Michael Phelps has, but Michael Phelps did that after he won God knows how many medals. I can't remember. He was Then they said it was okay. If a guy did what Simone Biles did, I'm convinced he would be ripped and destroyed because there are still male athletes to this day. Scottie Pippen, 1994, took himself out of a playoff game. He's been having to talk about it on a documentary just eight months ago. So I, I, I think it's really interesting how I think it's kind of, for, to me, shown the difference between the two sports when it comes to female and male athletics i think there the answer is going to be it's just intersectionality and i think we often forget that women are at the top of the intersectionality pyramid when race isn't considered and so i think there is almost i don't want to say a soft bigotry of low expectations but something similar where there's like this subtle inherent bias placed towards women when it comes to such things, when I think you're probably right, they wouldn't have the same reaction if a man did it. But I also believe that, say, if a black man did it and a white man did it, the reactions to those would be different. 
and say if a conservative man and a leftist man did something. So I, I don't think it's yeah. necessarily unique gender-based, but I think there's definitely always a difference of how people are treated. But the, I mean, this is just like a crazy world we live in. We have a man about to dominate the uh, women's weightlifting in the Olympics. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that part. So I don't even know what a woman is anymore. He ha According to the yeah, pictures, looks like point. he's got a he's got something going on there under the shorts other than vagina. So who knows what's going on at this point? I'm I'm totally lost. <laughs> I forgot about him. Her. It's her, right? Sorry. My bad. Is it her? I'm going to say him, but you oh, can say him. her if you okay, want to be yeah, woke, I, of course. I, yeah, well, yes, of course. I mean, everybody's going to watch this and think I'm a big woke monster anyways. The um, commie on the down not. Yeah, that communist Joe Morgan. Um, yeah, I think, it's a, I think you make a good point, actually, where, and I'm glad I didn't write that article yet, um, where that it probably is deeper than just female male. Um, but, but that's what I have to look at at the moment. I... I I just think it's fascinating how we react to these things um, depending on the gender or obviously the race as well. I mean, I'm telling you, a man wouldn't, a man wouldn't do that because he'd be afraid to do it because of the reaction from the media. And the reaction would be, you're, you are a quitter. And I got to be honest with you, I'd probably hop on the train at that point if he was a dude. If LeBron James bowed out of game seven, I would be routine off on him for a week. Mm -hmm. But because it is Simone Biles and... And, and, and I don't know. I, I don't believe this is a sexist way of looking at it. I just think women, especially, are, we're different. Men and women are different, and there are different ways of approaching things. And I think it's interesting that in the last year, there have been multiple women that have come out and said, then that's okay. You work on yourself. When I think of, I have not seen too many men. I mean, I, I'm trying to think. I haven't seen a man do that or at least quit. And I believe if that actually did happen, that he would have major repercussions. Mm -hmm. There'd be major repercussions for him. I think what's interesting here is that gymnastics is basically a contact sport without human to human contact, but it's looked at as almost like a, a kind of pansy sport almost when it's very much not like the danger to you physically is huge with some of these jumps, with some of these flips, but I don't think it has that that image to a lot of people. Whereas I know, for example, some rugby players who have chosen to back out of games because of concerns about head injury. There's not really a lot of difference there. If you say you've had a few head injuries and you're fine on a short-term thing, but mm. if you get one more head injury, you're going to be screwed. Is there much difference between that and Simone Biles? Like I may fall out of the air right now. I don't think there is, but I think I it's, it. again, I think it's the image of, you <sighs> see some sports uh, obviously more aggressive, obviously more physical, people don't understand quite how physical gymnastics is. I mean, I think they're sort of some of the best athletes in the world. They could do things yes. I couldn't even dream of doing, but it just doesn't have that, almost that image in people's minds of being as physical as it is. And I think that's a part of it. Like people look at it almost not as a real sport. It's like someone dropping out of curling because of mental issues when they're very much different things. Right. No, it's, it's a good point. And I also look at the end of the day, I think we all know this, but I can't see mental issues. I can see a broken leg. I can see a broken ankle. I just, there is a place. I do think as a society, we don't place enough emphasis on the mental health. Um, and I, for some reason, I, I find that we don't want to have those conversations on the right as much as they do on the left. I don't know why that would be. Um, I think the left has taken it so far the other way. It's nauseating, right? And that it's, I mean, one of the problems I think with what Simone Biles did say after um, pulling out was basically, I was doing this for myself. I need to focus on my, it was, it was, in, it sounded inherently selfish um, in her press conference afterwards. Um, so I, I do think that obviously the left has gone way far 
that way. But I do think that there's an important conversation to be had about mental health. It's crippling. If you actually meet somebody that has depression or is going through something mentally, it's just as bad, if not bad, if worse, if having like a broken leg, mm-hmm. it's impossible for you to compete. But because we physically can't see it, I don't think we can understand it. Um, so I do think that at some level, as I think, as I mentioned before, there probably is some good that can come from this. Mm-hmm. I just hope people realize that in the coming days and maybe take their, their foot off the gas pedal a little bit and realize that while, yes, this is fresh meat for you to go after, if you so choose, there, there is, it's not necessary um, just in order for you to get clicks, if you will. Yeah, I agree. I think one thing, I know you have to get going soon. So one thing I actually wanted to talk about a little more was the vaccine issue in sports. So I think that's something that conservatives are almost going to find themselves having to reverse on. Because I think the image of most people in sports, especially like NFL, NBA, is that they're super woke, just as your blanket statement, as you said earlier. But there are a lot of people in these sports who are rejecting the vaccine mandates that they're coming through. And vaccines themselves are a very, very partisan issue now. It's basically viewed as if you're conservative, you're in some way anti-vaccine. And if you're on the left, you're pro-vaccine, even though we all know that's not the case. There's a huge middle ground for both sides. Do you think that's going to change things? Do you think some people in sports using their platforms to push something that many conservatives agree with, so like refusing to get vaccinated because the NFL demands it, for example, do you think that's going to bring people back to the floor a little bit? No. Um, I wish that was the case, um, but I think vaccines are so polarizing that I don't think we could ever actually, I, I don't see us being able to get around that. I think we will applaud when it happens. Um, somebody in the NFL says, I'm not getting it. Yay. Good work. Um, and I think then we'll go back to hating the NFL. Um, because I, I think I will say this. I think one of the reasons why, um, what conservatives I think look at a lot of times and rightfully so is actually the league not necessarily the players. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you take example, Major League Baseball moving the All-Star game to Denver out of Atlanta, um, that was Major League Baseball making the decision. The NFL is still the ones who, while they're not mandating it, I want to be very clear about that, are, are as close to mandating as you possibly can be. So I do think that we look at the leagues as negative as a whole and mm-hmm. as rotten as a whole, and we'll kind of forget about the players a little bit. It's going to be fascinating. Um I don't know if you and I can even have the full conversation that is necessary, quite frankly, because I think there is what needs to be focused on at a much higher level is that you have a a hesitancy among the African-American community to get vaccines. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just kind of, we've seen the statistics, it's it's a fact. And you are, it is a predominantly African-American league when it comes to the NFL. Um, And I I think there are, there's going to be problems with that. Um, I, I just, it's a little, when it comes to the vaccine, I, I, try, I don't try to lose my mind over it, but the idea that you have to get it in order to work in your profession is pretty wild to me. Yeah. Um, but I, the more I think about it, the more I think it's going to happen across the board, not just outside of sports. I mean, in Los Angeles, where I'm from, I guarantee you this is going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. To walk into the office, you have to have a vaccine. Well, um, it's already happening. Like Google announced that they're going to require go. vaccines for in-office employees certain bars in San Francisco, I just saw you have to have a vaccine. That's you know, your spot. Um, <laughs> so I, I think, unfortunately, it's such a polarizing um, conversation. I, I don't think anybody's going to be able to find any middle ground mm-hmm. on that. I, 
Yeah, it's a very good question. I, I wish that was the case, but I think we're going to be so locked into just the little wins and then the big losses that we'll kind of forget about it, uh, forget about coming together, if you mm -hmm. will. And I think ultimately, unfortunately, the vaccine will win out. Um, I think big companies, if they mandate this, none of us are going to be able to work. Um, so I, you know, I think in six months to eight months, I think the majority of majority of us will end up being vaccinated. Um, a lot of us, not necessarily by choice. And I mm -hmm. think this conversation will be over. I hate to say that it's a downer way of saying it. Yeah. Um, but I just think there's a lot. I just, I don't know. I mean, if you can't work, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. I mean, I would get the vaccine. If you told me if I didn't have a job and you said the only way to have that job is to get the vaccine, I get the vaccine. Well, that's the reality for most people. And say you want to travel to see family and it's either you don't see family or you get the vaccine. But that's, I hate the coercion element that's going on just on, yes. across the board. I hate forcing people to make medical decisions with some with a vaccine that's not officially approved. It's under right. emergency approval. It's not fully approved. Just to pretend that everything is fine. Again, just assuming that everyone has to just accept what you say, not treating people with respect that they could have reasons not to get vaccinated if they've been infected already there's so many reasons but just the lack of respect of someone else that if you agree with me you're smart you disagree you're dumb and i think that's just across the board a bigger problem just we're seeing everywhere i don't know if you have an answer to this maybe you do you're a smart guy um why does everybody care now that 99 percent of the people in the hospitals are unvaccinated if you yourself are vaccinated so what you're telling me is that only 1% of the people in hospitals have the vaccine. What the hell do you care? The individual that is in the hospital made that choice. I bet you they're regretting it right about now. Mm -hmm. But I don't understand how that's impacting the people that got the vaccine. What's the argument here? I'm just a sports guy, Ian. I need somebody <laughs> like you to help me. I, I'm very confused. Well, the answer there, I think, is actually really simple. It's, all it is is a way of sowing division. So what the left do time and time again is they take statistics that help out their cause and they ignore relevant statistics that don't. So when it was Trump in office, COVID was all about the number of cases and the number of deaths. And it didn't really matter about proportions because it was just everyone was on the same level. It was we have X number of deaths, Y number of cases, both are bad. Some numbers are going up, some of those are going down, whatever. Now we have this division in society between the people who are choosing to get vaccinated, despite Biden and other people being quite anti the vaccine when it was under Trump. But now yep. the vaccine is good. And so they're pushing all these people to get vaccinated. And that is the line. They don't care about cases anymore. If you actually notice, they don't care about the cases. They'll very rarely mention cases. And the only time they, they will is when it's someone like Florida cases are going up. They don't care about cases in LA or New York or all these other places. It's all about hospitalizations and deaths because, as you said, the vast majority are going to be unvaccinated because, duh, that's how a successful vaccine works. Right. You're like cherry picking a group of people to look at. It's like saying like, oh, 99% of the people in the NFL are good athletes. It's like, yes, because they are pre-selected to be good athletes before they right. are in the NFL. And so they kind of abuse statistics in that way just as a, a manner of dividing us and trying to make people feel as if they are responsible. If you are unvaccinated, you are responsible for all these people, which of course you're not. I, I don't think you're even to blame. If you choose, I wrote a, a tweet about this a couple of weeks ago and kind of people lost their minds. I don't think if you choose not to get vaccinated and say you get COVID, I don't think it's actually necessarily your fault because life is full of risks. What you're doing is you're making a risk, uh, taking a risk analysis, knowing full well you may catch it. That doesn't mean it's your fault necessarily that you catch it. That just means you you bet wrong. 
but that doesn't make it necessarily like an incorrect decision. It's like when people are playing Monopoly or they're any kind of dice game, they roll a number and say, oh, I should have done something else. Yes, but you were making it with incomplete information. And so people are almost looking at COVID. This is a very long way down answer. I'm sorry. But people, like are looking the answer at COVID, people are looking at COVID as if they know everything now, but they were making the decisions knowing everything. But are people, say, who get the vaccine and have horrendous um, outcomes that say terrible blood clots or some women who haven't had periods or some people who are having fertility problems, was it a wrong decision to get vaccinated? Many people would scoff at that and say, no, that's just, that's just an outcome. It's part of the process. So you can't have both. Either it's wrong to take it if you had a bad outcome or no one is wrong. It's just you're making a risk analysis for yourself. Some people get it right. Some people get it wrong. I think it's a really vindictive way to live to almost borderline laugh when someone gets their comeuppance as people will see it. And I don't think you can live life that way. By the way, just to clarify, I have to deal with this all day long with these long-winded answers. So I'm totally, totally used to them. So it's like 95% of Joe's day is just like hearing me waffle on about various things. I don't need you to, to even remind me of it. Um, <laughs> the, the other thing that will drive me a little insane about the vaccine, this will be my last thing, is the idea that the individuals that are doing it or that are screaming from the rooftops about how they're doing it for anybody, for everybody else. Can I swear on this podcast? Oh yeah. If it's really bad, I'll bleep you uh, out, but it's not let, really let's, bad. let's preempt it. The ones that are saying that they're doing it for everybody else are full of shit. Yeah. Absolutely full of garbage. Cause we're all inherently selfish. And quite frankly, the most selfish people I happen to know, if anybody's listening to this and this is you, I'm sorry, happen to be on the left. And you guys are the ones that are actually tweeting out and sending these Instagrams about how you're doing this for the world. You're lying. You're lying to yourself and to me. You're doing it because you're taking your, what you just said. It's a risk assessment situation mm-hmm. where you're deciding I would rather get the vaccine than potentially get COVID. I have decided at the moment I am going the other way and that I, I actually don't want to go through a pre-planned 14-hour potential fever from getting said vaccine, because I don't think I'm going to die from getting COVID. And if I do get COVID, I think I'll end up having the antibodies and I'll be okay. But if I see one more girl from Los Angeles put an Instagram up about how she's doing it for everybody's grandmas, I'm going to lose it. Well, especially Instagram, which is like the mecca of narcissism. To claim you care about anyone but yourself on Instagram, it's like, no, no, you don't. I'm, I'm everybody others with my glowing selfie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then they have the filters on so they don't look oh, yeah, quite as bad. You know, I got to look perfect today. Thank you. I'm getting that vaccine now. Unbelievable. All right, Joe. I know you got to get going. Thanks so much for joining me. Where can people find you online? I know I give you, I give you shit, but your, your work is really good. So people should check you out. I appreciate that. Um, you can find me at dailywire.com. Uh, definitely writing all the time. Um, I am on Twitter at Joe Morgan Takes. I'm not going to lie to you. You're not going to get a whole lot from me there. Yeah, your Twitter game is weak. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you on the Twitter game a little stronger. I think you've got <sighs> some spicy takes. You should definitely uh, stir some things up. I tweeted today. If anyone oh, was good curious. Job. Good job. Thank you. Um, but yeah, you guys can find me at Daily Wire. Um, and I do some radio and some podcasts as well. So I appreciate everybody listening. Cool. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thanks, Ian.